This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. The X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit radio. Welcome to the X Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the X One, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host. I'm your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we come to you Monday through Friday from 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. Eastern right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Wi-Fi Broadcast Network, and Sirius Digital digital network that's a mouthful if i ever said one if you'd like to send us an email exxon at exxon radio tv.com on all social media sites exxon radio tv our radio website www.xzoneradiotv.com and for all the programming that is available to you 724 365 on the exxon broadcast network check out our website at xzbn.net my guest this hour is Raven, uh, Raven Digitalis, and he is a neo-pagan priest and the co-founder of Eastern Hellen, Hellenistic, is that how you say it? Hellenistic, yes. Hellenistic, non-profit community temple called Opus Ea Obscure, or O-A-O. Also trained in Eastern philosophies and Georgian Wiccan craft, or witchcraft, Raven has been an earth-based practitioner since 1999, a priest since 2003, a three-mason since 2012, and an empath all of his life. He holds a degree in anthropology from the University of Montana and is also a professional tarot card reader, DJ, small-scale farmer, and animal rights activist and advocate. His website, ravendigitalis.com. Raven, welcome back to the Exxon. It's been some time. Yeah, I don't think I've talked with you in 10 years since my first book, Gothcraft, came out. Oh my gosh, that that was a long time ago. Yeah, nine or 10 years ago. Yeah. And that so, book is officially out of print as of last month now, so it's wow. this new one rolling out. Listen, I have to ask you, what is Eastern Hellenistic? So at the OAO temple that mm-hmm. um, I've helped uh, co-operate for 13 years now, our approach is one that really values the mystical and esoteric systems of the East and the West. <clears throat> so we do a lot of blending of the two. So we celebrate a lot of neo-pagan holidays um, from a number of traditions, as well as uh, Hindu festivals specifically. And we observe them in the most traditional manner that we're able to. And so Eastern Hellenistic mm-hmm. take is a term that takes the approach of Alexander the Great in um in terms of hellenism in the in a in a positive way because he saw the value of many different religions and cultures and their similarities and encouraged people to get along <clears throat> religiously um and we extend that to the east as well to the eastern paths so eastern hellenism is um a word for our our multicultural approach our global approach i should say it seems that paganism is becoming more and more popular these days. Can you explain why? Yeah. Paganism is all about the earth. Mm-hmm. It's all earth-based. 
Um, and there's so many different types of paganism. So it's a very versatile uh, system. I yeah. think that a lot of superstition around the world mm -hmm. is being done away with from um, old uh, religious and cultural um, superstitions. People don't want to always be on edge that they're going to encounter eternal damnation if they do the wrong thing or say the wrong thing. <clears throat> People want more freedom, more spiritual freedom. And paganism allows for that. And there's just so many different styles and branches and approaches to paganism. You'll find people that, you know, you might find hippies that just celebrate the equinox and might consider themselves pagan. Um, you might find people who are um, even more monastic in their approach and very dedicated and devoted and consider themselves pagan of one variety or another. So it's a very versatile system that has room for everybody in it. It's very inclusive. Paganism in general doesn't say you can't be one of us. It says we're all pagan deep wow. inside. We're all connected to the earth deep inside. All right, stand by, Raven. You and I have to take our first break. Exonation Raven Digitalis is our special guest. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Raven about his new book, Esoteric Empathy, A Magical and Mystical Guide to Emotional Sensitivity. And if you'd like to find out more about Raven and the work that he does, his website is www.ravendigitalis.com. This is the Exon. I am Rob McConnell. Raven and I return after this break. Don't go away. Network broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN TV. For more information on the X Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Hello, I'm Pete Marsh. With my daughter Justina, we will be presenting the new radio show, Too Good to Be True. If something seems too good to be true, it usually is. But with the help of Justina's amazing gifts, we're going to gain insight into questions that don't yet have complete answers. Have you wondered who built Stonehenge and for what reason? 
Wire crop circles found in the same region as Stonehenge and elsewhere. Are crop circles a hoax or are they created with technologies that we have little knowledge of? Who built the pyramids in Egypt and also in other countries? How and why were they built? Was the Titanic switched with the Britannic as part of a gigantic insurance fraud or for more insidious reasons? What caused the Tunguska event when trees were flattened over an 800 square mile area in Siberia? Will the new insights be too good to be true? Well, that will depend on what you are prepared to believe. Please join us as we start on this journey together. For more information on Too Good To Be True, visit www.xzbn.net. Little children aren't the only ones afraid of the dark. Millions of soldiers return from war zones with PTSD, anger, frustration, fear, and loneliness, much of which surfaces during the darkness of the night. You have the chance to change the lives of these American heroes. Songs and Stories for Soldiers.us provides free MP3 players for these men and women. With a list of 3 million songs in 16 different styles, 100,000 audiobooks, and 30,000 old-time radio programs, every veteran can find something to soothe and comfort them at no cost. All our players contain an 8-hour audio program designed to help veterans fall asleep. With 1,500-plus vets now participating, it's our goal to deliver 10,000 audio players this year. Go to our website at songsandstoriesforsoldiers.us. Help us help a veteran make it through the night. Explanation, Raven Digitalis is our guest. We're talking to Raven this hour about his new book, Esoteric Empathy, a magical and mystical guide to emotional sensitivity. And his website is www.ravendigitalis.com. Raven, tell us about your new book and congratulations. Oh, thank you. Well, my book is, um, I think, my most important one to date. And Esoteric Empathy is my fourth book. It took about six years to write and really formulate, I think, with all sorts of art in many, Mm -hmm. um, whatever kind of art one is channeling. It's something that comes to a person that is received like a frequency that needs to come down and take a manifested form. So with this book, I was sure not to rush it. Mm -hmm. I feel like with my, my spell book, my third book, I really rushed that because I just wanted to see it come to life. But with this one, I just took a slow and steady wins the race approach. And Empathy is a, a subject that needs as much attention as it can get. The world needs empathy desperately, as as much as it can get. And so I just let this frequency of this project mm-hmm. come to me as it would, as it wished. And I would conduct that through myself and create the book and the text based on how it presented itself to me. So what does esoteric empathy mean? So esoteric is a term that means... Um, mystical, basically, or Mm -hmm. only available to a select few, to those who wish to look a little deeper. Um, So I think mystical is probably the best um, synonym for esoteric, I would say. And then empathy, of course, is Mm -hmm. is the way that we connect with each other and connect with with animals, with the earth. It's it's the, um, the emotional reflection that we feel from one another. So if you, um, or talking with somebody, you want to relate to them. That's empathy. You want to feel somebody, feel somebody's joy if they're feeling joy, and that's empathy. And it's something that everybody has. So, you know, esoteric empathy is taking the normal human empathic experience to the next level, um, looking at the mystical dimensions of it, and seeing what we can do emotionally for our own healing and to also help heal others. Who is, who is this book written for, Raven? I would say that the book is written for empaths, people who identify as empaths, as people who have their emotional receptors turned on high Mm -hmm. and who experience other people's emotions as if they are one's own. It's written for people who are more mystically inclined and metaphysically inclined and who have very open minds and open hearts and want to learn about emotions and what, what they mean, what they are and why they are and how they can be utilized positively. I actually heard some feedback um, last week from a reader who um, picked up the book. I was giving a tarot reading Mm -hmm. to her, and she said, you know, I picked up your book 
um, last month, and I thought it was going to be like an intellectual analysis of what empathy is. And she said, but I found myself at home realizing that I'm an empath, and this whole time I've been absorbing all these emotions from external sources and confusing them as my own and not drawing proper boundaries and um, all these things. So that was really good to hear that it it could speak to people and be a, a bit of a surprise. How can anyone listening to us tonight, Raven, decide whether or not they are in fact an empath? Well, I think the best way to determine if if a person is an empath is is to uh, really self-examine mm-hmm. and see to what extent one absorbs emotions from others. <clears throat> um, a lot of people just uh, go through life without um, without really getting out of their head. Mm-hmm. And for empaths, emotions are everywhere. They're everything. And we're constantly absorbing what's around us. Right. Um, so if we, if a person um, speaks to another person who is sad, for example, and mm-hmm. then they get sad as a result, right? Um, they can consider themselves an empath. And really, in reality, everybody is a budding empath, and the empathic frequency is waiting to come out in everybody. And we're all developing. I would imagine that it's very easy to say that every parent is an empath because when your child hurts, you hurt. When your child is happy, you're happy. Yeah, ideally parents are are empaths. Mm -hmm. Um, Empathic parenting is something that I talk about in my book also. And I think there's also even an entire book written about empathic parenting on the market out there. Um, But yeah, you must have empathy as a parent or as a leader of any, any sort. Um, the horror stories that one hears of uh, parental situations that have gone wrong um, often consist of a lack of empathy. Isn't so, that the truth? Yeah. Yeah. How did you first discover that you were an empath? Well, it's an interesting story. And um, in my esoteric empathy book, I open each chapter with an anecdote, um, a little story mm-hmm. about um, my own experience. And so I open with that one, with that anecdote about how I discovered I was an empath or could feel comfortable identifying as an empath. So what happened is that I had first encountered magic, witchcraft, and um, esoteric spirituality as a teenager. And I'm 33 right now. Mm -hmm. And so I was in high school. And, you know, teenagers are super emotional anyway. Um, and hormonal, and there's so many changes going on in the teenage mind and body and spirit simultaneously. So I didn't know if what I was experiencing was common or if I was ultra-sensitive or why I was ultra-sensitive, especially as a male. The society says, you know, often says that you have to suck it up, buttercup. So, um so I was very confused being 16 years old, but I, and, but still finding my place in paganism and in, in Wicca and in magical paths. And um, so just one day at, in high school, I just had this breakdown in between classes and just uncontrollably weeping. I'm like, what is going on? Um, so I was lucky enough to have a spiritual elder who lived down the street uh, just a couple blocks away from my high school. And so I went to her house and I said, I don't understand what I'm experiencing. Why is it like this? Do I have a mental disorder? What's happening? Um, and she said, well, you're an empath, obviously. And I'm like, what's an empath? I've heard of a psychic before, but an emotional psychic, what's that? Um, so that kind of began my journey back then. And so ever since then, I've been delving into what that means, what empathy means, and what being an empath specifically means. All right. Being an empathic person, how do you protect yourself from the external uh, feelings of everyone in this great big world of ours? How do you do do it even if you go to a shopping center, a train station, an airport, you're surrounded by people? How do you protect yourself? Well, I just did a, a little book tour in L.A. and San Diego and there's a lot of people there. Of course, there's the airport and um, mm-hmm. multiple airports. <clears throat> and so I really had to get those techniques um, up up to par before doing that traveling. That was just two weeks ago. And 
Um, in the past, I've traveled and it's been extremely overwhelming, but I kind of went into it this time with more advanced empathetic notice, I guess. Um, so in, because I, you know, I live in a smaller town and mm -hmm. away in the country a little bit, kind of in the country, kind of in the city in between. But <clears throat> um, so what I found myself doing recently at the airport um, was being very mindful about my gaze, where my eyes went. Right. If I was feeling um, at all insecure or flustered, I would be careful not to look at anybody because there's a lot of information and energy that's transmitted through the eyes. And um, if I was feeling good, I would smile and look at others and help mm -hmm. lift them up a little bit. And doing things like that helps create a spiral of upliftment and positivity. So if I was feeling positive, I would ride that spiral out and radiate that positivity. If I was feeling a little negative, I would keep it internal. I would also wear protective charms, um, like black tourmaline is an empathic favorite. Um, there's other other things that one can do. And of course, um, doing daily yoga and prayers um, is very helpful to align and um, really anchor oneself in one's experience. Um, and one, the biggest thing I think <clears throat> that I've discovered over time is that I'm not quite as affected as affected by other people's external emotions as I once was, um, because I am not so attached to other people's per perception of me. Mm -hmm. So I would often go through life really caring about being accepted all the time and having to fit in and having to please. Um, and at this point, um, I'm more like, well, I'll be myself and uh, encourage others to be themselves. And I hope it all works out well, but there's not as much attachment there. So that helps empathically. How do you deal with the pain that mother earth feels? I can understand how you protect yourself and block yourself from the, the people mm. in the airports and the train stations and book signings and cities. But how do you protect yourself from the way that Mother Earth is feeling. I'm sure she must feel a lot of pain these days. Oh, yeah. A lot of pain. Um, that's a tricky one. I, I feel that the ancestors are connected to Mother Earth. Mm -hmm. So whenever I or um, my priestess or folks in my group work with uh, Mother Earth energy, we always simultaneously work with the ancestors because we believe those spirits are um, keepers of Mother Earth in many ways, especially the Native ancestors. Um, and then also local spirits are connected to Mother Nature very intricately. <clears throat> so the elemental spirits, um, tree spirits, water spirits, um, and of course the animals, uh, we try to communicate with them and send positivity as much as possible. When when Mother Earth is is aching in a in a certain area, um, I try to send that lots of light and and love and um, healing energies to the best of my ability, and then follow it up by doing things like calling my senator, like I did yesterday, or um, you know sending a postcard to somebody who's in charge of environmental protection, um, and doing those kind of real world actions in addition to the um, energetic actions because it can really come in <clears throat> to an empath's soul mm -hmm. to feel global sorrow, whether it's nature herself, the earth herself, or whether it's fellow humans or animals, there's terrible suffering across the world. And we should always keep that perspective, um, but not allow ourselves to become victim to those evil forces, but rather to, to fight against them through goodness. I would imagine that when you and other people who are very empathic go through areas where there at one time or another was a great battle, it must be very hard on you. Do you still, you know, once again, it must be very hard being an empath, if you, especially if you don't know it. And I, I'm wondering, listening to you, how many people out there, like yourself when you were a younger person, who are empathic and are wondering if that what they're feeling is normal, if there's something wrong with them, and all it is is that they're empathic. Mm -hmm. 
It must be very hard growing up being an empath and not knowing that you are. Yeah, a lot of people think that it's a curse. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and I've even had people cease friendships with me because I wouldn't agree with them that empathy is a curse. So Wow. Like, and I understand like how overwhelming it can feel. Well, we've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour, uh, Raven. Thanks so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure talking to you. Exo Nation, Raven Digitalis is our special guest. His new book, Esoteric Empathy, A Magical and Metaphysical Guide to Emotional Sensitivity. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Dreams are our personal gateways into infinite wisdom. Don't miss shamanic counselor and indigenously trained dream decoder Sandra Corcoran's inspiring book, Shamanic Awakening Between the Dark and the Daylight. This remarkable work chronicles Sandra's 35 years of experience with diverse wisdom keepers and her initiations throughout the Americas and across the British Isles, Turkey, Greece, and Egypt. Sandy's knowledge of symbology, psychology, and myth influenced her dream blog and workshops. Sandy offers private tarot readings, international journeys, a meditative CD, as well as her book, Shamanic Awakening, to encourage you as you navigate this earthwalk, creating a deeper connection to yourself and all that is. Find this and more at Sandy's website, StarWalkerVisions.com. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. How would you like to be able to read other people's minds? Well, the next best thing is here. When you know how to read a person's name, you know how the person thinks, feels, and behaves. Each letter in our name holds a key to unlock our true essence. Our name contains both our gifts and challenges in this lifetime. Nemology Science discovers personality secrets hidden in the placement of the letters of our names, including the first and last impression people remember about us. Sharon shows us how to interpret the arrangement of letters as outlined in her book, Know the Name, Know the Person. Sharon Lynn Wyeth created Nemology Science after 18 years of research and testing her theories and has supported thousands of people around the world in understanding themselves and others better. You'll enjoy Sharon's unique teachings as she shares her system to learn the gifts behind your given birth name. Even if you don't like your birth name, there are jewels in this book. If you're thinking of changing your name, ready to name your child, or wanting to get along better with others, this is the book for you. If you'd like to improve your relationships and change your life for the better, get the book today. Know the name, know the person. Or visit www.knowthename.com. That's www.knowthename.com. Hello, I'm Justina Marsh, and with my dad, Pete, we are going to present a new show called Too Good to Be True. Together, we are aiming to discover more truths about this world and beyond. Do you have unanswered questions about the world? Do you ever wonder about aliens, conspiracy theories, or the universe? There are many shows discussing subjects such as pyramids or UFOs, but we want to relay this information based on our own research, including from spiritual means. Hopefully, listeners will be helped with their own beliefs and will appreciate the psychic insights that add to the previous research and information. We both look forward to sharing this insight and beginning this journey with our listeners. Visit xzbn.net for more information about when to listen.
Exonation, uh, for more information on Raven Digitalis, visit his website at www.ravendigitalis.com. What kind of tools are there for empaths? Are, are you know when it comes to the metaphysical type of tools? Yeah, there's so much um, at our disposal that we can utilize empathically to protect ourselves, or for various magical and spiritual purposes. My favorite is black tourmaline, the mm-hmm. stone. Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's designed to totally protect the wearer and um, keep negativity at bay. Um, so that's probably the, the primary empath go-to stone. Um, there's quite a few other stones like hematite for absorbing external negativity. And it really depends on what a person's mood is, because if a person wants protection, but is feeling pretty positive and doesn't want the, the dark weight of black tourmaline or hematite, they might choose citrine, which is, um, a very radiant sun-based stone. Um, yarrow as an herb is a very common empathic protective medicine, and that can be used as a tea, as a tincture, um, carried in a sachet or medicine bag, um, or even sprinkled around oneself when doing meditation or visualization. So there's many options. And in my book, I give a list of about, um, 30 different tools, um, which are based in stones and herbs and um, animal parts and uh, metals and um, other other tools, you know, that one can carry around them or use within um, spellcraft or visualization that help with the protection um, specifically for empaths or that help with uh, various other empathic things such as getting off uh, stuck emotions. I think the biggest way to get um, emotions off a person that have already mm-hmm. started clinging is to take a shower or take a bath. I love baths myself, but sometimes showers are nice because the water goes away instantly, and that takes away some of the energy that has accumulated. And empathy is based in water; it's mm-hmm. ruled by water, so that's very helpful. How old were you when you discovered that you, Raven Digitalis, were a pagan? Um, I came into paganism when I was. 15 or 16 and <clears throat> I had um, played around quite a bit with uh, mm-hmm. Christianity and other uh, more common religions yeah. and just didn't really fit in with that framework. It didn't resonate or feel right to me. I didn't want to um, be worshiping deities who had so much anger and aggression. Yeah, It just didn't feel right. Um, and then so I discovered this vast world of paganism that has hundreds of thousands of gods, depending on where you look within it. Are, are there similarities between paganism and Hinduism? Because I know in, in Hinduism there are there are hundreds and thousands of gods as well. Yeah, there are. And there are many family deities mm-hmm. as well. So you'll even find little villages with village deities. Yeah. Then the interesting thing... Um, and we love Hinduism around here. We, we consider ourselves both Hindu and pagan. Um, <clears throat> the interesting thing is that um, Hinduism is both monotheistic and polytheistic. All of the gods are still reflections of the one Brahman, um, but they're all individual entities as well. Well, and can the, we say the same thing about Christianity, where there is one god and then demigods like Jesus as, as well as the 12 apostles? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And and that's part of part of my approach is that in essence we're all talking about the same thing. Exactly. So just different skins, different forms, different traditions. And so I think it's important to follow traditions that ethically align for a person. Well, no Not, matter what we're like on the outside, on the inside we're all like we all bleed. We all have a heart. We all have two lungs and everything else. That's right. What was it like growing up in Montana as a young pagan? It was interesting, um, and still is, continues to be. <laughs> it's Montana is a, a, actually a gorgeous place, um, especially western Montana. We are a red state, but I live in Missoula, Montana, which is um, a very blue, um, very progressive um, hub in the giant state of Montana. Um, 
if you divide the state in half, you'd find a very um, conservative um, left side and progressive right side. <clears throat> but um, people here tend to allow each other to do what they want. They don't get up in each other's business too much. It's kind of like a do as you please kind of mentality. Um, just as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't care kind right. of thing. So, <clears throat> you know, we've got some very conservative neighbors, but they're all very friendly um, because it's like, well, your thing is your thing and my thing's my thing and whatever. Let's just have a drink. <laughs> so it's a pretty um, relaxed environment for the most part. Um, and it's not really super Christian where I live. So um, it's not, not uncommon to see, you know, 10, 10 dreadlock people walking around in a day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, as, as, as a priest with, with, uh, as a pagan priest, you've been a pagan priest since 2003. What are your, what are your obligations? Um, like, you know, I know in Wicca, they have a coven. What is it? What is the parallel in paganism? Yeah, and, and Wicca being um, a branch of paganism, um, we uh, take a lot of our structure here mm -hmm. at the OAO Temple from Wicca, um, in addition to many other spiritual paths. So um, we have a coven, and um, we uphold the coven through um, lunar um, and solar rituals, and mm -hmm. as well as our larger temple community, which has um, really hundreds of people in the community, if you count those who live outside of the city. Um, so basically, lunar and solar holidays are the, the main thing. Uh, the coven is a smaller, more, more intimate group who observes um, full moons, which are, are not for the public and observes uh, some, some certain festivals and holidays that um, may include uh, like shamanic trance and dancing right. and um, more intense forms of ceremony. Um, and so we maintain a public and private group. And just as a priest in general, mm -hmm. um, I need to keep myself in check constantly. I need to keep my own judgments and behaviors in check because I'm responsible for helping um, point the way or um, give advice for so many people, I need to be extremely self-aware. And that's the goal for any clergy member, I would say, of any type. True. Um, so we might not be preaching the word of Jesus, but we're, we're preaching the word of sustainability mm -hmm. and uh, um, self-awareness and meditation and compassion. And, and so we have to really uphold that ourselves as clergy members here in order to perpetuate that positive um, positivity for other people to, to help them in their lives. Because the goal of <clears throat> clergyhood is to help others. I'm here to help. I'm here to serve. I don't see any other purpose yeah. in life but to help others. Of course, I have to meet my own needs as well. Certainly. But, you know, got to gotta help others and educate and um, put that compassion out there. Is there as much discrimination to the uh, to pagans as there was let's say 10 15 years ago i think paganism's becoming more common mm -hmm. these days especially with the being in such an age of technology if people care to they can hop on google and just type in um the word wicca and yeah. pull up a whole bunch of history and or even like a 5 minute video on youtube so people can you know be in, become instantly educated um on their own terms if they wish to uh, is there a difference between being a wiccan and being a witch well it's one of those things where there's witches there's wiccans there's pagans um so wicca is a branch of paganism that was begun in the um 1950 late 40s early mm -hmm. 50s by gerald gardner and dorian valiente and um, took from a lot of ancient Celtic pagan traditions. Um, so Wicca itself is a pagan path, but there are also many other pagan paths. Personally, I do consider Hinduism to be a pagan path. Many Hindus wouldn't say it's a pagan path. It just depends on one's definition of paganism. Uh, witchcraft is a word that has to do with magical practice. And so a person can be 
of any tradition mm-hmm. and be a witch. But Wicca really took on <clears throat> the, the term witch um, and and really emphasized that um, in the 50s and, and even 60s, um, a Wiccan is a witch, period. A witch is a Wiccan. So a lot of people of older generations will um, use the two terms interchangeably. But now we find a lot of people <clears throat> saying, you know, I'm, I'm a witch, mm-hmm. but I'm not Wiccan. How do you, as, as a priest and, and a pagan, tolerate, or how do you see the, the festivity for, that kids use Halloween for? You know, the, the dressing mm-hmm. up, the, the pumpkins, the graveyards and the front yards that they mm-hmm. make. And do, you, do you look at this as, as a bit of an insult? No, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it on. Well, the only thing that I find insulting is how much stuff is um, plastic and made in China and terrible for the earth. Now, that are used as Halloween props and decorations and costumes. <clears throat> I really don't like that mm-hmm. because it is polluting. Um, but I I love that so many old traditions are held on to from apple bobbing to pumpkin carving. These are old pagan traditions. Um, dressing up is an old pagan tradition for, for All Hallows' Eve. Um, and, you know, there's just so many um, traditions that carry on that are pagan that people don't necessarily know about. Uh, I just glanced over right now to a photo of my grandpa who mm. passed away a few years ago. And I remember something that he said, um, <clears throat> toward the end of his his time, uh, around this time of year, around Easter, he's like, I wonder why they use the Easter bunny. Why is there a bunny that's <laughs> so weird? And then me and my priestess and partner, Esther, started to try to explain how it's a pagan yeah. symbolism of fertility. But he was kind of on to the next subject at that point, but it was very entertaining. Well, there's a lot of we, paganism in, in Christmas celebration as well. Oh, sure. The Christmas yeah. tree, the yeah. caroling, the lights, which, which represent the sun. Oh, yeah. Listen, you and I have to uh, take our, our final break for this hour, Raven. Where can people buy copies of your books? <clears throat> well, um, Esoteric Empathy is mm-hmm. available uh, wherever books are sold and or can be ordered wherever they're sold. Right. Uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, and I encourage people to go through independent metaphysical bookstores or just independent smaller sure. bookstores in general. Let's keep them in business. Yeah. And people can also order copies from me. I just ordered a few more in. Um, and you can find me online, Raven Digitalis, on Facebook or ravendigitalis.com. Just be, hey, I want to order an autographed copy. All right. Stand by, my friend. You and I have to take our final break. XO Nation, Raven Digitalis is our special guest. And we're talking to Raven this hour, amongst other things, about his new book, Esoteric Empathy, a magical and metaphysical guide to emotional sensitivity. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Hi everyone, Rob McConnell here, and I wanted to spend a moment on internet streaming. Everybody has heard about internet streaming, but not many know much about it. Did you know the internet streams just about everything? Movies. From new releases to old classics. TV shows. Almost every show, every episode, and much more. But the question has always been, how do you do it? Well now, thanks to the folks at 123 Ready TV, I have the answer for you. They have developed a simple program app, 123 Ready TV, that you install on your Windows PC, Android smartphone, or Android tablet that can have you streaming like a pro in less than five minutes. You truly won't believe how much is available or how easy it is to do until you try. And for a one-time cost of only $19.99, this product is a real winner. To learn more about 123 Ready TV, visit our website at www.xzbn.net. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media. 
Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the X-Zone Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. True healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. There's a legend shared by many indigenous cultures of a time when the nations were cast to the four corners of the world. Each nation was given a body of sacred knowledge that held a different portion of the truth to preserve. True reality could not be known until all the nations reunited, combining the information. If a single one was missing, the world could not be reborn and darkness would prevail. The Science of Magic Radio is dedicated to reuniting the sacred knowledge. With the understanding, none of us has all the answers, but together we can open new perceptions and possibilities. Through our combined vision, the world can be reborn into a place where darkness no longer prevails. Join me, Gwilda Wiecka, and the Science of Magic daily on the Exxon Broadcast Network, xzbn.net, or visit us at thescienceofmagic.net. Raven Digitalis is our guest this hour. Explanation: We're talking to Raven about his new book, Esoteric Empathy, A Magical and Mystical Guide to Emotional Sensitivity. Raven, you are known to be an advocate for animal rights. Why are you so passionate about this cause? I know why I am. I want to hear why you are. <laughs> well, some people don't like it when I mention animal rights things on Facebook, especially because why? it could be... People don't like to be called out on their ethics, and I and they didn't solicit my opinion. So it's, sometimes people don't like what I have to say. But you know, I'm not a vegetarian. Yep. I was for eight years, mm-hmm. and um, I prefer we prefer to raise our own meat and eggs around here whenever possible, or s- support local hunting and um, fishing and local farming whenever possible. Um, I just. Um, have always taken issue with factory farming and how animals are treated there and then in other ways as well because animals are innocent and they can't speak up for themselves. We have to protect them. And sometimes that that means making a sacrifice of not eating meat if you um, can't confirm its source in a restaurant. If you don't know if the animal had a good life, why eat it? Because we don't want to put that energy in our bodies. We don't want to support those industries. Yeah. What are some of your reasons? Well, because uh, I love animals. I have always loved animals. I believe that animals have the same rights as we do. 
you know, um, uh, I was the director of communications uh, for the SBCA. And mm-hmm. my job that I took very seriously was letting people know how mean humans are towards animals. Right. You know, the, 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 I, I spent time with the inspectors or the investigators, went out on calls with them, mm-hmm. and, and saw how people can be so mean. And if a person is mean to an animal, nothing is stopping them from being mean to another person. Right. You know, these, these animals share this world with us. And unlike a lot of people, I don't put humans at the top of the totem pole. I put animals on the top. Me too. Yeah. And, you know, I've got, we've got three dogs and we, you know, we support as many of the uh, animal shelters and causes we can. Great. Because we all share this planet. We all share life together. And just because we're supposed to be... (laughs) I don't see how we are the the caretakers of this planet because if we are, we should be fired. We're doing a lousy job, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so so yeah, I love animals and I go out of my way to do whatever I can to make this a better world for them because I believe it's what we're, you know, it's part of our charge. Definitely, <clears throat> and there's so many different ways. Yeah, we can make a difference, and it's not just about not eating meat or or whatnot, but no. about supporting the right industries yeah. and reporting abuse if we suspect it. Like, I, I don't see why anybody would wear a seal skin coat after watching videos on the seal hunt. Yeah. Or, in, you know, how how dolphins are, are tracked in, in Asia and how the whale hunts go on. And what's why do you have to kill a whale when we have so much fossil fuel it makes no sense to me killing a shark for a shark fin soup my god get viagra it's a lot cheaper and you don't kill anything right exactly you know it's i I agree with many of the old ways but you've got to come into the 21st century we don't need to kill whales we don't need to kill animals for the thrill go on a safari and and kill animals just so we can have our pictures taken with it. There's no need for that. You know, I've got a green screen, for God's sake. If you want to stand in front of a lion, gosh, I can insert you in front of a lion very easily, you know? Right. We don't have to kill. And then we kill other animals when we go to war, and we kill the animal called human. Right. Because we're, we're animals. Sure. Yeah, it's... I shake my head sometimes and I wonder, what is this world coming to? How can we best work together to solve the problems? And my way is getting as many people to come on this show to share the information that they have, to give people other ways of looking at things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, well, that's, yeah. you know, I'll get off my soapbox now. It's important for us to do whatever we can to help, help the animals in the world because sure. they can't, can't do it themselves. You know, it's all part of a big system, big chain. Mother Earth has been showing us from day one how it works. In the spring, in the, you know, you go from spring, summer, fall to winter. And if you, you look at that as the cycle of life, you understand a lot. You know, the, the spring is when you come alive. The, the, uh, the summer is when you're in your prime. The winter is in the golden years. And, I'm sorry, the autumn is the golden years. And the winter is when you pass. But right. Mother Nature shows you that, hey, it doesn't stop there because it goes right around. Yeah. So, you know, we, we need to watch Mother Nature. We need to be better in tune with Mother Nature, and we have to stop raping the earth. Well said. And may that continue. <clears throat> the, the education of, of, of compassion and yeah. enlightenment toward one's fellow beings and towards the earth. You know, I, I applaud paganism. I, I really do. I, I learned years ago that that a number of the founders of Greenpeace, pagans, and other other uh, organizations and activists who who fight for Mother Earth, who fight for animals, they all share the common love and the shaman uh, the the common goal of saving, preserving, and letting live, let live. Right. Yeah. So where do you where, what's your next book going to be about, my friend? I'm not sure. Uh, it's kind of up in the air. Got some different ideas floating around, but really working on getting the word out of this about this one for now. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. 
Um, when you go out and do your book signings and you meet the public, what are some of the questions you get asked? I um, get asked a lot about uh, my coven and temple mm -hmm. and um, <clears throat> about my tarot readings and um, a lot of questions about um, empathic protection um, and about the writing process, I would say. What was the hardest part for you writing this last book? Um, it was, I really, really felt like it came together so, so well because mm -hmm. I just allowed it to create itself. I think the hardest part was hauling all of those books from the library <laughs> in my arms that became part of the bibliography. Um, what was the most gratifying part, most gratifying chapter that... You know, you started the chapter, you wrote it, and then you look back and you said, wow. Yeah. That's it. Hmm. That probably came with the chapter that is specifically focused on um, magic and empathy, because mm -hmm. there's no, I've never encountered any material like that about using empathy in, in these different magical ways specifically. Um, so that was really neat to reflect on, because... Um, it was just so unique, I think, and, and I am loving the response about that chapter so far, especially. Are you finding younger people are, are turning to, to paganism as not only as a, as a point of interest, but a, but a new and exciting way to look at life and to be part of a collective and a group of people who share their love and their feelings for, for Mother Nature and the world around them? No, oh, definitely. Um, <clears throat> there's so much appeal with paganism these mm -hmm. days because people want that sense of freedom. They want to uh, have community, people who feel similarly, yeah. who care about similar passions and don't want all too much drama in their lives or competition. You know, when, when drama and competition work their way into any community, then watch out. Um, so people like to, um, people often feel safe in, in pagan communities. How many members are there in your coven? In the coven, there's seven at the moment. And um, for our different public events, mm -hmm. depending on the event or workshop, um, we'll get anywhere from five to 45 attendees. What are your final thoughts for the Exo Nation tonight, Raven? Well, um, I just encourage listeners to use dis discernment and discretion quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, don't believe everything you feel or, or um, everything that you hear. Um, question everything. Question reality. Um, you know, one, some, one important thing that you really do with your program is that you um, encourage people to think outside the box and um, question the world around us yeah. and put our feelers out a little more and come to our own conclusions. And I think that's so necessary in this in this world that wants to tell people how to be who to be what to do how to behave yeah how to look um like i was telling somebody the other day uh, they they are they are staunch christians and i said it's and we were talking why the numbers are falling in the christian church and i said that's because people are no longer sheep they don't need a shepherd. People have to tie responsibility on their own and for their own actions. Stop thanking a deity when it's something good, like, thank God I got the job, or thank God I got this. And on the other hand, they can say three minutes later, God, why have you done this to me? Why have you let this happen to me? Take responsibility for your own actions. And once that happens, you're on the path to... Um, Right. <clears throat> can't always blame it on the God or the devil. Of course you can't. And I, I find that people are using the God and the devil for their own escape clause, yeah. which I believe is totally wrong. Raven, it's time for you and I to say so long, my friend. I wish you continued success. Don't be a stranger. Yeah, it's great and... to chat again. And um, I hope readers will reach or listeners will reach out to me and say hi. And yeah. uh, thanks for all your great work. Oh, You're thank awesome. Thank you, my friend. Exo Nation Raven Digitalis has been our guest. www.ravendigitalis.com. And I'll be back on the other side of this break after the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away now.